The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry, or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org.
told you that was a good one. Well, take your copy of God's Word this morning, if you would, and open again to Psalm 23. Uh, we're doing a series that we've called a soothing psalm. It's a soothing psalm for stressful times. Psalm 23 is one of those beloved psalms, one of those well-known psalms, but I don't want you to let the uh, familiarity of it rob you of the blessing that will be yours if you'll really look at this. And today we're talking about something very practical, something that applies to all of us. So I hope that you'll tune in and listen. The BBC ran the following story near the end of last year, the end of 2020. They said about 30 sheep had been found dead after an abhorrent sheep-wearing incident, police have said. Officers said the animals suffered bloody attack wounds in uh, Yucatan, Cheshire, sometime between Christmas Eve and the afternoon of Christmas Day. They believe at least one dog chased and worried the majority of the sheep. One dog. Cheshire police said beyond the appalling animal suffering and criminal offenses committed, this is a huge loss to the farmer. They added that, now listen, that limited injuries to the sheep, limited injuries to the sheep, showed that dogs need not be ferocious or actually necessarily physically attack livestock to cause catastrophic results. In other words, one dog just chasing them and going after them, not even physically attacking them, can cause and result in catastrophic results. The story reminded me that we live in a very dangerous world. Sheep are very vulnerable. They need a loving shepherd to guide them and provide for them and feed them and to lead them. And you understand that the Lord has likened us as believers to sheep. And we face many dangers daily when it comes to living in this world. We too need a loving, faithful shepherd to guide us, to protect us, to feed us, and to lead us. And the good news is we have such a shepherd. We're looking again at Psalm 23 today at verse 3. We'll back up and read verses 1 and 2. But we're going to focus on that third verse as we think about our loving shepherd giving us guidance. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth, here's the verse, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Can I just remind you today, beloved, that in this life we need guidance. You and I need guidance as we live. We may not like to admit it, but we know it's true. Life is full of choices. Life is full of decisions and paths that we could take. Now, we don't usually sweat the small decisions of life. I hope that nobody in here agonized over your outfit today. I mean, you picked out clothes. Maybe you smelled them. Yeah, they smell clean. You, you match them together. You put them on. You ask your spouse or somebody else in the family, does this look all right? They say, yes, yeah, the best you can look anyway. But uh, anyway, you didn't agonize over your choices of wardrobe. That was just a decision you made. Hopefully you didn't agonize over your choice of breakfast. Maybe you ate your standard fare. Maybe you got a bowl of cereal. Maybe you had an egg. Maybe you didn't eat anything. Maybe you grabbed a, a something, a Pop-Tart or whatever. You, maybe you just you snuck a snack off the kid's corner table. That's fine. But you just grabbed something. You didn't agonize over it. Life is full of decisions every day. What we're going to wear. What are we going to eat? But then there are those big decisions of life that we find ourselves being faced with. Um, what college should you attend? 
What career should you pursue? Who should you date? Should you marry that person? Should you go to graduate school? What should you do about your wayward child? Uh, Should you buy that home or the other home? Should you keep your current car or should you trade in or sell it and get something else? Should you be looking toward retirement? And should you retire? Should you keep that job? And what about your aging parents? And, and what about your children? How are you going to pay for college for them? And what are you going to do about that one? And, and what about, should you downsize your home or should you stay put? And, and what are you going to do? And, and, and probably you could go on and, and what should you, you could fill in that sentence. Maybe you're facing one of those decisions today and some of you are not far from facing some of those decisions. And those are the decisions that we really need guidance in. In reality, you need the shepherd in those decisions. Paul Powell wrote, like sheep, we also need guidance. We often come to crossroads in our lives and don't know where to turn or what to do. Fear of making the wrong decision paralyzes many people. And no doubt there's probably someone in this room or watching next door and you're there now. You're paralyzed, not sure what you should do. They want to know right and to do right, but they're unsure of themselves. The result is that counselors and advisors and gurus do a landslide business in seeking counsel and advice. We must not overlook the shepherd. Why is it that the Lord is the last one sometimes that we consult with, that we go to when we have a big decision in front of us? You know, I think believers take various attitudes toward making big decisions. Let's just walk through them real quick because I think about it off the top of my head here. Number one, some don't give much thought to the Lord at all. They say, well, I'm saved. I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. You know, I know when I die, I'm going to heaven and they just, you know, they just live a life on their own and they just make decisions and they don't give two thoughts about the Lord. They just, I'm going to do this and do that. And I'm talking about Christians. They just live a life that way. Then there are those who say, well, I better ask the Lord about it. But they're, they really don't want to know what the Lord has to say. And in fact, they want to hear what God has to say, not so they can do it, but so they can consider it. So, Lord, what would you have me do? And. They come at it with the idea, I want to listen to what God wants me to do and kind of see see if I want to do that. But that's not the way it works. Then there are those who come to the Lord and they really want to know His will. And they come to Him and they say, Lord, what would you have me do? You see, when it comes to seeking guidance from the Lord, it's not the matter that you want to hear what He has to say so you can consider it. You're to come to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me to do so you can do it? It's a matter of obedience. It's not weighing out what God wants you to do. It's doing what God desires for you and what plan He has for you. And I want to talk to you today about how God guides us, some of the things that He uses. We're going to look at two main points. But i got to give you this, this word before we get to that point. And that is what I'm going to tell you today is for the Lord's sheep. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then what I'm going to share with you today doesn't apply to you. You've got to be in the fold. You've got to be in the flock of God. The Bible says, you've got to make sure that you know the shepherd. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 6, these words, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us. So all of us have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody's messed up. And our sin separates us from a loving God because he's holy. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. 
And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring that they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. You've got to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior to be in His flock. These gifts we're talking about of guidance. Last week we talked about rest. These are gifts that are for the Lord's sheep. The Lord's flock. If you ever hope to have His guidance, you must first have Him. And when you have Him, you have His guidance. See, David wrote in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The only way He becomes your shepherd is if you have Him as your Savior. John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And then John 10, 3 and 4, To him the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, he calls his own sheep by name, Praise be to so Just think about that. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. If you don't know the Savior today, friend, turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ. God loves you and gave his son to die in your place. If you'll, if you'll turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ, you will be born again. Now, when that is settled in your life, and by the way, if it's not settled, get it settled today. But when that's settled in life, you might say, well, how does this work, preacher? How do I get God's guidance? I don't hear a voice saying, yes, go this way. Well, there's two main things I want to point out from this verse, verse 3. Two ways he accomplishes this guidance in our life. Number one, by seeking us when we stray. By seeking us when we stray. Notice the opening words of verse 3. He restoreth my soul. That's King James. you got a more modern translation. You might say, He restores my soul. All of those words are important. We could actually take and emphasize each one. He restoreth my soul. This is something that the shepherd does for his sheep. If you're one of his sheep, this is for you. Now, sheep are known for wandering off. Now, remember, the Lord likened us to sheep. (laughs) And you know what? We are prone to wander off and sin. There's a hymn that we sing, and one of the phrases says, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. You know, there are homing pigeons. You know, you can release a homing pigeon and they fly home. There are no homing sheep. (laughs) They wander off. Uh, Sheep are not that smart. They're not that intelligent. We talked a lot about what sheep are like and I won't rehash all of that. But just think about, when you think about a sheep, that's what the Lord says we're like. You're like a bunch of sheep. And as believers, we sometimes wander off. We go in a direction that's not good for us. We sin. And what does the Lord do? What does the shepherd do? He restores us. In other words, he brings us back. He turns us back. He turns us around. He restores our soul. He didn't just let us live in that sin. He didn't let us go on our own way. He deals with us as a loving shepherd. He convicts us of our sin. He brings us to that point of confession and repentance and putting us back in fellowship with God. You know, as sheep, sometimes it's not even sin that leads us astray. Sometimes it's the good things of life. God has blessed us with so many gifts. And sometimes as as sheep, we just kind of, we get captivated with the sheep. And we're over in that green grass that God has given us. And we're just feasting away. And we don't think about the shepherd. We don't focus on the shepherd. Sometimes we're so captivated by the gifts 
that we forget the giver. And what happens? He restores our soul. He brings us back to himself. So he, he does this. He provides loving guidance. Now, how does he do this? How does he go about seeking us when we stray? I mean, you don't just feel a big tug and you're pulled back with a shepherd's hook, although that would be a good thing. Um, might be startling, but it would be good. Well, there's some means that God uses. How does he seek us when we stray? Well, first of all, he does it through his word. Through his word. Psalm 19, verse 7 says that the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for um, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, uh, that is mature. Um, he may be equipped for every good work. So one of the ways that God brings us back when we begin to wander off and we're off over here on doing our own thing is He uses His Word. We come into a church service and a sermon is delivered and God begins to speak to us through His Word. A Sunday school class, maybe we're reading a devotion or we're, we're reading that devotion, maybe Our Daily Bread or Open Windows and we're going through and one day the words just jump off the page at us. And In some way, you're riding along, you're playing Christian music in your car and they're, they're, they're singing something scriptural and, and it just speaks to God through His Word invades your life and gets your attention. It's amazing how God does this. That's why it's so important for you to have a regular schedule of reading God's Word. And so God did this in my life just, um, I guess it was this past week. I, I'm using the, the Bible app, Version. if you have that on your phone or your device. And you can use all sorts of plans on there. And I'm doing a plan right now where it takes you through the Bible in two years. I've gone through the Bible in a year. I'm doing two years. It's a little slower pace. And I was in the book of Numbers. Now, how many of you say, oh, I'm having a hard day. I'm going to go read the book of Numbers. How many of y'all, that's, that's your first choice? I'm going to the book of Numbers. Yeah, that, that, that's right behind Leviticus, right? When you're talking about... It's all God's Word. It's all profitable. It's what we just said. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And I'm reading the book of Numbers. I think it was chapter 14, if I remember correctly. You know, it's the story of Moses and the people. And amazingly, as I'm reading this, and I'm reading this story, I've read it many times, God began to speak to my heart. And God used that story to speak to me about some things and to correct me and direct me and encourage me and challenge me. And He wants to do the same in your life. But you've got to put yourself under the influence of the Word of God in whatever means you're doing that today. And one of the ways that God brings us back and we stray is through His Word. The Word of God. But then the second way we'd say He brings us back is through His people. Through His people. Galatians 6, 1 says, Brethren, if, any, if, if a man is overtaken in any trespass... You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of, listen, gentleness, considering yourself, lest you're also tempted. James 5, 19 and 20, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. One of the reasons that God gave us the body of Christ was not only to encourage one another, but also to help one another and even challenge one another and even bring others back into the fold. You do this prayerfully, you do it carefully. You consider yourself, you make sure your heart is right, but we don't just let brothers and sisters just wander off. We go after them. We pray for them. We share love with them. It's interesting. God uses people to speak. Remember the story of David and Bathsheba. She was so appropriately named, it always reminds you of the story. David and Bathsheba. 
And David sinned, you remember, and he tried to cover his tracks. He sent Bathsheba's husband to the front lines, had him killed, took Bathsheba into his home. He was miserable, we know the Scripture talks about, but he's just trying to make it through. He's, he's just ignoring it. The Lord's working in his life. And, and the Lord wouldn't leave him alone until one day he used a person. 2 Samuel 12, 1-7, the story goes, the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and he told him a story. Let me read it to you. There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and, and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. Like you see those people carrying their little dogs around everywhere. That's this lamb. It was one of the family. Everywhere he went, it ate from the table, just everywhere. And a traveler came to the rich man and refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. I mean, David had to, he was upset. How dare somebody do that? And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And verse number seven is one of the strong verses in the Bible. It says in 2 Samuel 12, 7, then Nathan said to David, you are the man. You're the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. And I delivered you from the hand of Saul. Now, the loving thing is not to let a brother or sister just wander off, to pray for them, to contact them. Now, I've got to give you a warning, or I should say a caution. Not everybody comes back. One of the heartbreaking things of ministry over the years, and I've been doing this for quite a while now, is watching brothers and sisters wander off and not return. But God uses His people to bring us back when we stray. He uses His Word, He uses His people, and thirdly, He uses His, his chastening. That is His discipline. Now, this, this is not a favorite one, but it's the scriptural method that God uses sometimes. Hebrews 12, 5-7. It says, And you've forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening or discipline of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? In other words, what he's saying in that passage is this. Don't get discouraged when God disciplines you. It's actually a sign that you're a part of his family and he loves you. And just as a father or mother in here would discipline their children because they love them, so our Heavenly Father disciplines us not out of anger, not out of hatred, not flying off the handle. He disciplines and chastens us perfectly. Why? Because He loves us, wants to restore fellowship with us, and wants us to be right. And sometimes that's the way God seeks us when we stray, brings discipline into our lives. Sometimes He just lets us have our own way. <laughs> sometimes that's all it takes. Just let them have their own way. Sometimes he brings other things. I read 
where sometimes a shepherd has a stubborn sheep. Can you imagine that? A stubborn sheep. Remember, we're likened to sheep. And sometimes there are stubborn sheep. You ever met a stubborn sheep? Don't look around. So what the shepherd will do is that shepherd will go and take that stubborn sheep that keeps wandering off and wandering off, wandering off, and he'll snap his leg. He'll break his leg. He doesn't do it out of anger. He doesn't do it with, you know, delight. But he breaks the leg. He does it out of love. And then what he'll do is he takes that broken leg of that sheep and he splints it and he keeps that sheep right with him. And of course, that leg heals. What happens? That sheep learns to stay right with the shepherd. And sometimes God has to let things happen in our lives or or cause things to happen. By the way, everything that happens in your life is allowed by God. I just want to say that. Through his allowance, through his, his sovereignty. But sometimes God directly brings things into our lives. And sometimes it's to get our attention. And sometimes things happen and it's to get us to wake up and realize I've been wandering off from the shepherd. I haven't, I haven't stayed close to the shepherd. Now, not all problems in life are that. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Don't go around telling everybody who has a problem, oh, you must be wandering off from the Lord. That's what Job's friends did, remember? But we know that was actually a conversation between Lucifer and God that was going on in the heavens outside of even the knowledge of Job. But sometimes... God brings chastening into our life. Now, that's how he seeks us when we stray. Now, let's get to the second part of it where you really want to go today. And that is, how does God guide us? Well, he guides us by guiding us in the way. In other words, this is those decisions we've got to make. How do we go about making the decisions we've got to make? Now, I read that sheep have poor eyesight. In fact, I read that they cannot see 15 yards ahead of them. Think about a football field 15 yards. They can't see 15 yards ahead. Now, I don't know who the eye doctor is that does all this work with animals, that puts the sheep, you know, what's the first letter? Ah. What's the last letter? Ah. You know, I don't know who does this. Just like I don't know who decided that, that deer are colorblind. They tell me they are. I don't know who's out there going, Bambi, can, what color is this? I don't know. Anyway, but I'm going to go with it. They tell me that sheep cannot see more than 15 yards. They have poor eyesight. And I thought about us. Boy, wasn't the Lord right in calling us sheep? We can't see 15 minutes ahead of us. Do you think about that? What's going to happen in 15 minutes? Say, well, I hope you'll be done with going home. That's what you hope, but you don't know what will happen. We can't see 15 minutes down the road. We don't know what's going to happen 15 minutes later in our life. We don't know. We can conjecture. We can guess. We can plan. But 15 minutes away from now, we don't know what's going to happen. How, how, how is it we think we don't need a shepherd then? I mean, because God is outside of time. God is not bound by time. God sees your whole life all at the same time. That, that's just mind-boggling. I can't even understand that. But that's the truth. He sees your whole life. And He's always seen your whole life. And He'll always see your whole life. We're bound by time. Now, here's the truth of the matter. We want to see 15 years down the road. We want to know what's going to happen. We want to see the picture. Oh, God, please show me what's going to happen. We would love it, we think, if God would unveil the entire plan of our life and let us see, okay, is this going to happen? And that's going to happen. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. But God doesn't work that way. Why? Because He's wise. All wise. 
And the truth of the matter is, if he showed us the whole plan, you'd probably go hide somewhere and cower. Because God gives us grace for every step of the journey. And He's already brought you through some things that you never thought He could give you grace to endure. And some of you are there right now. He doesn't show you the whole picture. Now, He has the whole picture because He's in complete control. And He's got an end down here. And at the very end of you, Christian, you look like Jesus. Your character is changed. And by the way, at the end, we have a perfect body. And we're perfect in heaven if we know Jesus. But here we are day by day. Don't even know 15 minutes from now, really, what's going to happen. We could drop dead in 15 minutes from now. We don't know. So we need a shepherd. He leads us, notice, on paths for His sake. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His sake. In other words, He's leading me and you for His sake. That is, our life is all about Him. This is all about Him. Our mission statement, the very first part of it says glorify God. He does the leading and He's doing the leading for His glory. And He leads us, it says, in paths of righteousness. That is right paths. That is godly paths. Don't come telling somebody that you're getting ready to sin, that God told you to sin. God never leads contrary to His Word. The Holy Spirit never leads contrary to His Word. He always leads according to righteous paths. Warren Wiersbe said it's literally well-worn paths or ruts. In other words, we're walking the same path as our brothers and sisters who went ahead of us. The path of righteousness. Now, the details look different for everybody. He has a plan for your life, by the way. Can I just remind everybody here, He has a plan for your life. You're not here by chance. You're not here by luck. You're not here just because you just need to be here. No, you're here because God has a plan for your life. And that's why we need His guidance. That's why we need to know exactly, God, what is it you want to do with my life? I know you want to use my life to glorify you. So what is that? You want me to be a banker? You want me to be a doctor, a lawyer? You want me to be an architect? You want me to be a, an engineer? You want me to be a farmer, a painter? Whatever it is. And listen, forever get out of your mind that there's ministry and there's secular work. It's all ministry. Amen. It's all ministry if you're a child of God. If you're a school teacher, that's your ministry. If you're a painter, that's your ministry. If you're a banker, if you're a medical person, that's what God has called you to do. You're ministering to people on a daily basis. Now, you're not serving communion. You're not taking up an offering, I hope. But, but, but you're ministering to people. Right? So how does God do that? How does He guide us? Because we wanted us to say... Rubble, go there. We want that's that's what we want. Let me walk you through some ways. In fact, let me give you six ways that God guides us in our life. Number one, this sounds familiar through His Word. We talked about that in regards to straying. Now let's talk about it in, in the midst of guidance. God uses His Word to guide us. And so a passage that you come to as you're studying through, you're reading, God can apply that passage. Now, every passage has one primary meaning. Numbers 14, I think it was, I was studying. One primary meaning, talking about Moses, the people, but has many applications. And so you're reading along and you're reading a scripture and God begins to give you guidance and insight concerning whatever it is that you're dealing with. Now, again, this is all about having a heart for this. Now, we say, secondly, through prayer. When you are coming to the Word and you're seeking guidance, you come in prayer. And by the way, you come asking specifically. 
God, I've got to make a decision in this. My, you know, do I keep this job? Do I go to a different job? Or I've got three colleges that I'm looking at. Lord, which college do you want me to go to? Or, or listen, this, this fellow's asked me out. Is this, is, this, is this somebody that you would approve of? You, you really, you literally, you give your life because your life belongs to Jesus. And so you're coming, you're saying, Lord, I've got this decision to make. And, and you don't come saying, Lord, what would you have me to do so you could consider it? No, Lord, what do you want have for me to do so I can obey it? I want to walk in that. So I'm, I'm coming through the Word. I'm coming through prayer. And then thirdly, through godly counsel. This is where you bring other people into the decision-making process. Those who are godly. Don't find your friend that's ungodly and say, what should you do? And, and, and don't just find people you know who are going to agree with you. I mean, go to someone who's godly, who's walked with God who's a little bit further ahead of you and say, listen, this is what's going on. What would you advise? What would you counsel? And you're not asking to make the decision for you, by the way. But what would you say to that? Maybe they've walked through that before. Maybe they've experienced. Maybe they have a word from the, the word for you. Some insight. Godly counsel. And then fourthly, through the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit indwelling them. And one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to guide us. And so I know in my own life, there have been times where I had a decision to make and I'm there and it's just a, what I call a check in my spirit. You know, y'all follow what I'm saying? I, did, I didn't have a piece about it. I knew something was wrong. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I knew that's not what God wants me to do. Because the Holy Spirit loves us and He'll always guide us in paths of righteousness. sake. He is God. He'll always guide us in the right way. You never have to worry with the Holy Spirit. He'll always guide you in the right way. So through, his Holy, through the Holy Spirit and then through outward circumstances. Now remember, if, if our loving shepherd is guiding us and he's leading us to pass the righteousness, as he's taking us on that journey, he's going to make the outward circumstances line up. Now here's the problem. We get impatient. We don't like to wait. I don't know how fast sheep can go. But I don't think it's that fast. Somebody look that up on Google and let me know after the service. How fast can a sheep run? It's a process of following. And so God opens doors and closes doors. Sometimes we find ourselves weeping at a closed door. Oh God, I thought that's what you had. Oh God, I thought that's what I, that's what I wanted. And then we give a little bit of time passes. And at that same closed door, we're saying, thank you, Jesus, for not opening that door. If I had my way, I would have messed it up. If I had my way, I wouldn't be where I am today. It doesn't always make sense. But see, I'm following the shepherd. And the shepherd leads us on righteous paths. And sometimes we're not sure. Hey, are you sure this is the right path? You ever been there? God, are you sure this is the right path? He never makes a mistake. Never. Never. The outward circumstances line up. And then through spiritual giftings. God gave you natural talents. And we have various talents here. People are good athletically and musically. And, and, and we have people that are smart and people that aren't. And so we have all kinds of people among us, right? And God gifted us in natural ways. I'm not talking about that. That does play a part, by the way. I'm talking about spiritual giftings. So what's that all about, preacher? Well, when you became a child of God, God the Holy Spirit gave you at least one spiritual gift. He may have given you more than one, but He gave you at least one. 
And so you may have the gift of hospitality or helps, and you really, you really flourish in that. You may have the gift of exhortation. You may have the gift of evangelism. Have, there's all kinds of various spiritual gifts. But God gifted you with those gifts, not just saying, well, let's just throw them out there and where they land, they land. No, He gifted you. Why? Because He has a plan for your life. And so our spiritual giftings play a part in that plan. You can read about that in Scripture. But let me just boil it down and we'll be done. When it comes to God's guidance and leadership in your life, it really comes down to this. It comes down to your heart in the matter. So what do you mean? Do you really want God to guide you? That's really where it comes down to. If you really desire for God to guide your life, if you really desire for God to show you the way He wants you to take, if you really want to do God's will, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, He will guide your steps. In fact, and I'm still wrestling with this in my own life, if your heart is right before the Lord, I'm not sure you can mess that up. And, and, and as you're going through, you're saying, Lord, what's next? What's next? What? Now, we get, we get off track a little bit, a little bit, but my heart is after you. Lord, I want to follow you. I really want to follow you. That's what it comes down to. Because sad to say, a lot of believers, they don't want to. They say they do, but they're afraid to. They think, oh, if I say, Lord, guide me, you're going to be on the next plane to a mud hut in Africa. That just shows we don't trust God. Now, I don't know. He may put you on the next plane to a mud hut in Africa. Probably not. I think there's a process to get to that point. But do you really want God's will? That's what I want to ask you today in closing. Do you really trust God with your life? Do you really trust God with every detail of your life? Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm yours, I surrender? You know, the Roman says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Because here's what I want to share in closing. God loves you with a perfect love. He has your ultimate good in mind. And He has His glory in mind overall. So the plan that God has for you, even though there may be some hard parts, it is the best plan. In fact, it's the plan you would choose if you knew the end result. And so can I just encourage you today to follow the shepherd? Follow the shepherd. Say, Lord, here's my life. I'm yours, whatever, with whomever, wherever. I'm yours. I want to follow you. Let's bow together. Your head's bowed, your eyes are closed. Do you know the shepherd? Do you know him? Not just about Him. Do you know Him personally? If not, why don't you come to Him today? Repent of your sin. Take Him by faith right where you are, right where you're seated. You can call out to Him. God, I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. I know I've done wrong. I don't want that anymore. I want You to come into my life. Forgive me and save me. You can do that today right where you are. Is God tugging at your heart in that regard? Talk to Him. Give Him your life. You'll never regret it. 
You'll never regret it. Give him your life. I know a lot of you have already settled that. What's God saying to you today? Are you straying off, wandering off? It's time to come home today. The shepherd's calling you by name. Come to him. Get right today. And then some of you are facing decisions in your life. Maybe you're just honest. I don't know what to do. He does. He's trustworthy. Would you just right now in surrender just give him your life? Say, you are my Savior, but I want you to be my shepherd. Please guide me in the right path. I really want to follow you, Lord. And friend, he will because he loves you. And he calls you by name and you hear his voice and you know him. And he knows you. Father, I love you today. I want to thank you that you have our lives in your hand. And I pray for whatever the need is present today that you will be in full and total control of every life for your honor and your glory. Bless this invitation. Help us to praise you. Help us to love you. Help us to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. We've opened the altar back up. It's been closed long enough. If you want to come today as we close in song, you do so. You come and pray, whatever it is. We can help you in some way. Let me know. We're going to stand together and sing a song. I think you know it quite well by now. Talks about God's care for us. The altar's open. You come as we sing, Just Be Held.
Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.